Good day, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good night. Wherever you are in the universe and wherever you've logged in, welcome to Valerie M. Standing in My Truth, a.k.a. Maxfield. And I'm not veering away from my normal daily blogs. I've just chosen to use the theme of February, the love episodes you've already got eps one two and three we are now on number four damn val oh i didn't realize i could talk about love so much but i hope so far it's resonated with you and today subject is oh what i mean what do i mean this today's subject it is still about love I'm going live later on and I've got the most wonderful couple who are coming on to share 15 minutes on how they met and I will put that up a bit later on. I think that would be quite nice. <clears throat> I will went once that goes up I will put that up on the podcast page. Um because I just know they're an amazing couple. Like chalk and cheese but an amazing couple. But that's that. Today is about when did I lose it? What does that mean? When did I lose it? When did I lose love? Have you ever asked yourself that question? When did I lose love? I'm not saying everybody out there has lost love. Do you know what I mean? That is not what I'm trying to say. But at some point in our lives, we do lose love. So today is, I'm not going on a sexual tangent like I did yesterday. <laughs> and I hope anybody, I hope any, no one took offense to the, you know, me calling that the anatomy because it is a body, the anatomy. And I'm hoping I wasn't too crass. But when do we lose love? And here, what I'm trying to say is this. Growing up for me, I felt that parts of me wasn't showing who I was. But I still carried on. I, you, you know, you just amble along. I call it the survival mode. Where you just survive. You roll and fall into a situation. It's never thought out situation. It's just you stumble. As much as you don't understand, there's a lot of things that we stumble upon in life. And I just stumbled and um, I felt, I thought I had a direction. Um, this is what I want. This is my aspiration. This is my dream. But I never stopped to ask myself, would I like that? Is it something that I'm so passionate about? Would I love doing that? Would I find myself actually loving myself doing that? Or was I telling myself I'd love to do that because guess what? It's a means to an end. I could make money from it. I could buy a house from it. I could feed my children or, you know, or my boyfriend or my husband. I could get married. And here I go again with that word. I'd love to do that. It isn't, 
you know, this is my plan and my desire is, or I require, or what I need. We took the word love. I would love to do that. People would get married. Um, yes, I've been married before, so I'm not imagining it. I wanted to get married so badly that even though I knew, and God forbid, and God forgive, I, you know, I'm divorced now. But I think I wanted to prove to my folks that I could be loved. I wanted to prove that I wasn't a reject in my family. I wanted my my, my parents to feel proud that I was able to go to school. I got good grades. I got to college, got good grades, went to uni, got good grades. I was still a bit of a wild child, you know, but I wanted to prove to them so much that I could get married. You know, that fairy tale dream that every parent wants their child to find love and get married. I wanted that. Did I love him? I think I did. No, I did love him, but I was in love with the idea of him. I was in love with the idea that someone wanted me to the point that even though he asked me to marry him I'm the one that gave him the engagement ring I wanted it to work so much that I lost sight of why I was getting married and so my marriage started off in tears because for me it was always about how it was going to look and not about the beauty and the love of it. Back then, getting married, you don't, you know, I think in this day and age, people can actually say, look, before we go married, let's go to couples counselling and things like that. That was unheard of. And that's unheard of back in my parents' days and my grandparents' days. It is something that's become the norm now that people can actually go to couples, um, you know, uh, counselling no one wants to open up and say look I'm in a relationship and it's not working and for someone to sit there and tell you why it's not working that was then as I said it was taboo it isn't now people are, are more modern and open to the idea that I like that person so much or I do love my partner or I don't want to give up because the pressure of being in that relationship, of not seeing that relationship fail, the word love or the actual feeling of love becomes secondary because the word failure takes over. I'm always going to say this, this is just me standing in my truth. It's just me standing in my truth. But failure to not want people outside to see that your marriage has failed the failure of not wanting your children to grow up as single having to split you know mummy between mummy and daddy the failure that after you spent all that money to get married or the failure of not getting married yet but you've already told everyone you're engaged and so you've been engaged for god knows how long and here's the wedding coming along but you're not getting on 
and you need divine intervention. And all of a sudden it comes down to, well, I needed to write down three or four things about that person that you don't like. And then you need to go and do some homework. Good God. Do you know how horrific that sounds? But on, and sadly, that is what's happening. I would like to say that it should have been something that we were doing right from the beginning. Um, I'm not trying to put any you know, psychologists or counsellors out of a job. But really and truly what we should have been doing when we meet someone is looking for those qualities right there and then. Looking at the exchange rate of, um, you know, babe, this is what I bring to the table. I bring me, my intelligence, my sassy ass, my independence, my knowledge and my vulnerability all of that I bring to the table I'm candid I'm right here when I see you I want to be able to I can crumble to you and not feel like I need to hide anything from you and you give me purpose and for some people that happens And for others, they don't go with that to the table. They go with it because they've either been bought and um, they have different idealistic ideas, what love looks like. And so it's the 2.4. I've got to have the 2.4. Trust me, I had friends back in the day that, and um, they all worked in the banking fraternity, advertising, banking, that sort of thing. And for them, it was totally totally 2.4 and the plan it was like seven of them and they all had the same plan which was we're coming out of university the next thing we're going to do we're going to make sure that we've got our job and after that job we are then going to lay the ground plans we're going to buy the house and they bought the house and now they've bought the house that we're now working on the 2.4 children now i would say out of eight of them four five has worked five of them has worked do you know what I mean five has worked the other three I can't really say but at the end of the day here's where I'm coming from you lay a plan it's a plan did you fall in love no you followed a plan And what happens is you start to have this plan in your head and you have to find that person that fits your ideal. And when that person starts to unravel, the picture that you painted now becomes soiled. It starts to drip and you need to, and you're tearing and you're trying to splash paint back on it. Let's forget about putting a band-aid You know, you can't put a band-aid on the idealistic picture. It's like the painting is now, see, oh my God, let me paint over it, let me paint over it. And all you're doing is creating an awful mess. What do you do? Do you honestly go to the person and say, I don't think I love you anymore? 
somehow I feel like I go to work just to pay the bills. I go to work to make sure the kids eat. Or I go to work just to appease you. Because when I get home, I don't want to be here with you. There's no love. It's so negative. How can I get that back? Because deep down inside, you must have loved that person to marry them. Or you must have loved that person to be with them. You had to be. But let me reel it back to myself. So for me, it was, you know, probably the idealistic of being married. I took on all his baggage. Every part of his baggage. And the way I see it is this. Taking on his baggage made my marriage hell. Absolute hell. Because I felt like I was carrying a baby for 10 years or more. I mean, it was just, there was never something that was not going on for him. It was always something that was going on. And the worst thing about it, it was going on before we got married. But I didn't want to let the side down. I didn't want to give up. I loved what we had. We had just such a great... The, the thing is, once we... You know, if you, if you were to put aside his moaning and the, the, the moans and the things that he couldn't bring to the table of what an actual marriage should look like... We were fantastic. We went out. He shared my love of drinking. He he shared my love of going out. Shared my love of music. It was just that. Did you hear? He shared my love. What what I liked. Did I know what he liked? I just know that that's one part of us that I know what he liked. I knew that he enjoyed smoking. I knew he enjoyed drinking. I knew he liked playing music. I knew that he liked just making noise and just being a nuisance (laughs) do you know what I mean but I started to evolve in my life and when I was evolving I was trying to take him along in that you know in that that transition to we're here we now need to be there we now need to be on this ladder of our lives of preparation and making sure that money's here and and dreams and aspirations And as I grew, he resented the growing. And so that resentment started to resonate. I felt like when I go to work and I came home, I knew that I was going to be moaned at. And all of a sudden, love started to die. It died. It just died. My sexual feelings, my sexual tendencies all started to die. And I tried to explain, but it was falling on deaf ears. And, you know, I am not knocking my ex-husband, beautiful guy. It's just that my best laid plans, I should have been able to have forget what the outside world looked like, forget how much of pleasing my parents and drop and said I don't I shouldn't have got married 
I don't regret my marriage because I had really good times. But for the first part, good, but the rest was majorly painful. Painful enough to make me ill. Absolutely sick. Stress, heart, you name it. It, 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 it took its toll. So that's me standing in my truth. And there's a lot more to it. But I don't want to make him out to be the bad guy. I can only speak for myself. When did you lose love? And what does losing love look like? It looks like stress. It looks like not eating right. It looks like not taking care of yourself. It looks like someone stripping your confidence. It looks like someone absolutely telling you that you're a bag of shit. When in fact that you're not. The flip side is, you put so much energy into somebody else that again you forget to love yourself. And so you don't know what loving yourself looks like. So my message every day is always going to come back to the same thing. What are you doing to get love back? How do you find love? What should we do? Now, what did I do? Because I'm telling you all of this, but what did I do? In the end, I forgave myself. I forgave myself. It hurt to get divorced. It was one of the worst Christmases of my life because it happened. Divorce papers came literally two days before Boxing Day. I had to take my home back and he had to find somewhere to go. It's deep. It it really was deep. It stripped me of any love. And, And from then on, you know, luckily I was able to find the most amazing guy that walked into my life literally two years before I got divorced. Um, So, you know, you have to go through that separation period before they will grant the divorce, so we did the two years. But I found someone in that time, and he absolutely adored me. And I, to this day, still adore him. Even though we split up, we split up because we fell out of love, and we were decent enough to say, we are always going to be friends. And I'll tell you what, I love, I trust me, that is love. This guy nurtured, loved, poured affection. We we could communicate. Oh my God, it was amazing. But 10 years, after 10 years, he wanted different things. I, you know, and, and I couldn't give him the different things that he wanted. And so it was best that he goes and find that. And he's found it. I don't know how happy he is, but we maintain the love. We still communicate. We still talk. We share the same friends. It's truly, tremendously amazing how you can still leave someone, but still love them. So, today, for me, it's when did I lose love. Or should I say, where did the love go? I'm hoping that my Standing In My Truth, the love episodes, was one that you could relate to to today. And not make you feel bad about yourself, but letting you know that no matter what the trials and tribulations that you're going through, 
there is a turning point. There can be a turning point. And that there is hope at the other end of the tunnel. As I said, we've got another 10 more days to go. I am not a therapist. I'm not anything. And I'm not going deep into it to tell you where you need to go. That's not what my love episode's about. It's giving you different scenarios every day and how I and other people I know have overcome it. And finding new love. And that's what my guest who is coming on later on today will be talking about. And I, you will hear them coming up shortly after this break. Thank you. So I'm going to play some music. And for copyright issues, I do not own this track, but I have the rights to play it because I bought this track. And so I'm going to give it a little whiz, little, a little whiz. But welcome, welcome, first and foremost, to standing in my truth now for the next four or five days here we go for the next four or five days i am going to be talking to various people about love loving covid love outside of covid lost love all kinds of love if you've lost love so i don't own the copyright so i want to make sure they don't stop this video so here we go to be in love and that's enough to go good evening good afternoon positive affirmations to you all out there this is brand new. This is not like my normal Standing in My Truth shows. We've decided to bring some fun, um, try and cut the doom and gloom. Um, you know, thoughts are out there to anybody that is going through everything and anything and feel numb and they feel that they want to share, then this is the place to try and find some love. And right now, this is half an hour every day. There'll be various people, apart from myself, storytelling. But I want to bring my special guest on. There's, it's <laughs> They are an amazing couple. So remember, this is the Love Zone, love episode. Come in, use your imagination, feel warm, grab a drink, put your feet up, put the kids to bed, wait half an hour into the love zone let me bring my first guest in to talk about how they met hi, hi. <laughs> everybody welcome jd and tasha now i've i've had either or both on the show before but they have the most amazing story how they met and how, you know, love conquers all. So, as I said to everybody, take a pew, kick back. I'm about to grab my 
Oh, <laughs> love that. And over to you, JD and Tash. Hi, everyone. Hi, this is Boo Boo. This is our love child. Boo 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 Boo. Boo Boo is Russian. I love it. Right. Now, Boo Boo, as you can see, she's a little confused. It's way pleasure bedtime. Put the child to bed. Hi, guys. So nice to see you. This is such a nice segment to be on, and it is so relevant for the current climate. You know, it's so important that people just um, show love instead of the negativity. You know, there's so much negativity going on in the mainstream. And that's why I applaud you, Val, for mixing it up and just spreading love, love, love. JD, baby loves. Right. So here we are in lockdown. Locked out in lockdown, but in love. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So, oh. You know, who would have thought, right? And for people out there listening, not sure, mm -hmm. alone. I'm sure there's people that might listen that's alone. Yeah. Do you know what? We will love you while you can't love yourself, right? This is why I love this guy, because he's so thoughtful on and off camera. Like, this is really it, you know, and it's just about finding a connection, you know, and being um, super, super uh, forgiving, like unconditional love. You know, you have to take the good with the bad, and that's what we do. We are so compatible in the weirdest of ways. I mean, look at us. No, you know? but you have to you have to fathom out the fact, right? You have to fathom out. Relationship, you just got to do what the other one says, right? That's all you have to do. It's not complicated, right? Mm. And accept that you know, you go to bed together, you wake up together, you know, and, and it's what it is. You know, transparency, truth, and all the rest of it. It's really. Yeah, I feel very sad sometimes for people that I see that are in pain, mm. right? And, you know, they might be together in love and this, that, and the other, and monetary things and all that, you know, stuff. But it's, you know, you know, Ralph, from our discussions, it's an inside job, right? Yeah. It's the inside that screws you up, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think in the five years we've actually had a crossword. Not one. Really? Flowers for it. We, well, won't, yeah, we won't go into that, but you know so what I'm talking about. So, you know about. what? There, were, there was a time, and it takes two people to have crosswords. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, providing you got the, you know, you're big enough to walk away and say, do you know what? If that's your stuff, get on with it. I'll see you in an hour's time. Because what I learned a long time ago was that women, when they're left alone, after whatever's going on it's actually more painful for them and they realize that and it's easy it's very difficult for men to leave women alone because i was once told right if you want the answer now the answer is no mm -hmm. right right give me time to think about it and it might be different but if you want an answer right now the answer is no i think what you're trying to hit on is that you have to listen you've you got know? to listen you've got and, to listen. and when someone is enough is enough i'll speak to you later right it doesn't boat. mean let me keep on ringing you yeah right now you know my background you know and i have the person that says i want it and i want it now right don't 
not interested in, 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 in the circumstances. I'm not interested in how you feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you need to sort sort me out first. Mm -hmm. And that ain't happening. Well, it doesn't happen, right? You know, there's been occasions, and we both know what they are, right? Where, yeah, you know, you go out of my car, slam my door. Um, and you know what? That's all right. But the biggest thing was getting in my car with chewing gum on your shoes. <laughs> This is early doors we're going back to. This is Wait, can we talk about how we actually first met? How did you actually meet? Yes. Well, it was a mistake. <laughs> Listen, let me clarify that. So without going too deep into stuff, I was yes. obviously living in Mexico and had come out of a 17-year relationship. And I'd been, in my mind, a very good girl. I've been a good wifey for 17 years. And yeah. I was under the impression, as we do, as we go through our rebounds after long-term relationships, that I wanted to be on my own now. I've been in a relationship which is like a marriage for 17 years, and I want to go and explore. You know, and being quite honest with you, I was like, I want to get down and dirty. That's what I want to do. <laughs> I know that one. Right. Yeah. you met love child number two we actually yeah. met on a dating site believe it or not wow what dating site was that oh i can't let I you can't know even... <laughs> I, because no no do you so remember yeah i do i remember exactly what happened good so there is a dating site I will, it will remain nameless for now because it's not one of these ones that is like you know on was it flower this that and the other and i have no clue yeah it's not one of these well-known ones right or not well known but it, it is well known but not for the sort of stuff that we're talking about listen we were clearly on there for two different reasons i was on there to have a little bit of fun and i was know, on right? there for a lot of fun okay <laughs> <laughs> right the funniest thing is let me take leader the funniest thing is oh. when we met it was simply because i'd been on a few dates and i'd actually realized that I must be out of my right mind. This is really not what I want to do. If I'm yeah. having a unified relationship, I want to meet somebody normally. I had a batch, right, right. you know, and I was actually coming off of the site. I was on about three or four, you know, and this guy came up and we kind of just connected instantly, apart from the fact that I said to him, you know, I don't think we're compatible. You look like a bit of a skinhead to me. I think maybe you might put me in the body. And yeah. Oh, no, and there was other questions. Am I safe with you? Yeah, that type of thing, you know, because his picture didn't do him any justice. That's the That's truth. You know, he right, like right. And I was like, mm, nah, you know. But, um, our first meeting, and I think this is the trait of our whole relationship, is we kind of sat down and I remember throwing my legs over his armchair because I went to meet him. And um, you know what she said? I'm going to be a bit late. Are you, are you you're a bit old? Are you going to be up? Like I said, the picture didn't do him any justice. It didn't do him any justice. I was like, we can have a time in a bit. And then we had this whole journey from East London to South West London. Right. I'm getting these phone calls now. I'm here. I'm there. I can't find it. I can't find it. Where are you? I'm by Harrods. No, you're nowhere near me. I'm like, how which side of the road? I mean, it oh, was insane. That, that's the boring stuff. But when we did, connect, oh, I mean, that's funny. I don't care. Tell the story. The funniest thing was, I looked out my window, and there yeah. was this, you know, effervescent young woman <laughs> getting out of a red post box on four wheels, right? Because she was in Mummy T's car. I was in Mummy T's car at the time. Okay, and then it's like, I'm here. I said, Yeah, okay. So come upstairs. I'm not. I don't know if I want to. Okay, fine. So you've driven for an hour. 
Well, like, the lighting was bad as well, babe. Like I said, it, it didn't do you can't many see in the light. And I didn't have my bins on as well, so I couldn't. Right. Really... And I was a little bit fearful, you know, big guy. I was like, oh, you know, what have I got myself into? Yeah. But like I said, the minute we kind of sat down, bumped heads, and Listen. I think within the first couple of hours, you told me everything. It, the know? reality is, right, that, you know, when you trust and meet someone, you know, you go with what you go with. And, the, and that's what happened. And, you know, the funniest thing, there's lots of funny stories, right? There's, there's, there's too many for this half an hour. Yeah. I'll give you a couple of for instances, okay? So you know that we moved from Chelsea down to you know, the, the wilds of North Devon, right? Yes. Yeah. So being in Chelsea, yeah, you've got to have the big, you know, the, the big whip, right? Plastic fantastic. And you've got to have, you know, it's got to be new and it's got to be perfect. So me... Yeah, I got this. You know, I had a, uh, I had a great Mercedes, right? It was one of them ones that people go, "Wow!" Everywhere I went. So this one gets in my car one day. And I look down, and there is her eyes, gum, chewing gum, ingrained into my leather <laughs> floor mats, which is, which were diamond cut. And I'm like, okay. Babes, you acted like it weren't no thing, but I saw the I vein did. in your neck pulsating. And you know the other thing that happened, Val? Right? I actually managed to get it out. She's looked at me. How have you done that? And you know what? I learned a long time ago that <laughs> if you use the same chewing, again, said, give me your shoe. Right? Cray, cray. Give me your shoe. So she gave me your shoe. And I said, okay, let me take this chewing gum off. I took the chewing gum off of there. Okay. And if you use the same chewing gum, it would take it out. <laughs> Right? And they just clean the whole thing in one go. We had so you see anybody, if you've got huh? chewing gum that gets stuck, use the same you shoe that the gum to get it off. There was, right. there was many funny stories like that. Uh, obviously, you know, like, we obviously cream our skin, you know. Uh, and right. what about the, the, the leather seat? So, one, the, so the, the first time, the first time I went it. to pick, pick, pick Tash up from her, which was at her mum's, right, I get this address, E17, <laughs> 5, and I won't repeat the rest of it, because yeah. people hanging at Mama T's door, right? <laughs> so, I turn up in this in Walthamstow, okay, and I'm going up round and round this estate, all right, it's like not a, an estate. like a, you know, like the, all the houses, right, in the road. Yeah, they're like a muse, like a little muse. Yeah, like, like a little coldest saxons and I go yeah. to the street. Yeah, yeah. I can't be the gaff. So I drive down and I drive down, I'm looking for the number. I see the number, and all of a sudden I see Mummy T's head come out the window with the curtain. <laughs> this one comes down the stairs looking absolutely ravenous. Oh, she'd skin. She what did um, what's that? All your legs, oh, like oh, that, all my legs. So she sits in my car in my Napa leather seats, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oiled. Oh, what man? <laughs> I'm so nervous, right? I don't even know where to go. I end up with a, with a, with a oh, fine, now a fine for turning left when I shouldn't do. I'm just so nervous, right. Let's go and eat. All those conversations. But you know what? When you two got together, when you were, you know, like the first date, what was the conversation? I mean, you said that you got on like a house on fire, even though it's like you say you're chalk and cheese. What was like, how did you feel? Was you nervous, Tash? I know that he says he was. He did. I took the hostage. We literally sat down and we, 
it was almost like maybe he had a lot to say and hadn't had the opportunity and I had a lot to say and hadn't had the opportunity. And when you remember our original mission, let's keep it real here, was just to have a little bit of fun. All right. We'll right. Um, and that kind of went out the window. And that's how I think we are together today, because we had an instant conversational connection and like I said, you know he's where he's coming from. He told me his truth, yeah, no pun intended. And yeah. it was hours to just talk things out. And that's where that's I felt beautiful. Yeah, that's what it, that hadn't happened to me before. You know, you know, with your kids and you're growing up and you experience things, and it's all about trying to woo somebody and look. But then we had good all, then we had all the other stages, you know, meet the parents and all that. Well, not not that. Remember, remember when um ooh, when you had the episode where you were a bit sick. All right, so. You know my football in history, right? Yes. So I was um, um, I was invited. Millwall were playing at Wembley in the playoff, either the finals, uh, the semi-finals or finals, right? Get to it, babes. Mm. <laughs> this is why they're still together. Anyway, the night before this event, right? Yeah. We went out and I had, I think it must have been muscles or something, mm. went to bed, right? And you know what? I actually projectile vomited in the in my bedroom. Sorry I could for have... anyone that's having dinner at 6.45. Right? <laughs> that's all right. So this one decided, am I staying or am I going? Do I help him or do I run out the door? Right? She stayed. These are the moments. These are the moments that, that are... They that, define. Yeah. They and, define and shift, moments. you know. So the following day, I went to Wembley. I was uh, on the touchline this hour with my dad, and I was great. I looked great. I couldn't walk. But I went, and my dad. I remember my dad said to me, "What's going on?" I said, "Yeah, that's it. I found the person. That's it. I'm not. That's it. I'm not looking nowhere else. That is it. I'm done and dusted." Right? And he said, "Well, who's this person?" And I think I might have rung you. And it was mm. before we even WhatsApp. We did a WhatsApp. We were. Oh, the funny story the with Texas. Text. Can you imagine? Yeah. So listen, when I first met Tasha, bless her, she, we, she had a couple of phones. And the, the phone that you were using was one of these old school Nokia. Well, I remember I was coming from Mexico and the material. And do you know what? She actually ran nothing. out of space for the amount of texts <laughs> we were sending, right? Yeah. Well, you were sending a lot. And she said to me, are you okay? And I said, why? She said, because none of your texts make any sense. <laughs> Listen, there's I could sit here for hours. Oh, and my God. Your story. Um, so, so you're both. You, I, what I guess is that it was the co instant connection. Communication. How, how long have you been together so far? Well, I was just asked how long have we been together. <laughs> I couldn't quite remember if it was four. Can you imagine? Five I can't quite remember. <laughs> it feels like a lifetime, right? An, no, an easy it, lifetime. It doesn't actually. It, well, it does for me. It feels. It feels like a lifetime that I have. Oh had yeah, to... that's the other thing. Do you know what she said a few weeks ago? It took me three months to really understand that I loved you. That's a long time for me. Five years ago. Yeah. But what was that epiphany? What made you come to that epiphany, Tash? Straight away for me, it was the communication. I've always had a problem in, because I've had long-term relationships, but I've always felt unheard. And I went straight in and I'd said to him, look, I'm coming from this space. I've been in a relationship for 17 years. I'm not looking for another marriage. I want to have a bit of fun. And these are the things that really ag me from the get-go, wasn't it? And that was, I really feel that I've had a problem, and I know it's some of my own stuff, but I feel very unheard. As long as we can communicate, we are good. 
you know, and that was where I was coming from. That's the truth, you know, and it was easy for me to fall into place because there was there was no jacket, there was no glove to try and fit into. It was just uh, seriously. It sounds so. Cliche. You know, some of the other. It's beautiful. It's it basically you just came as one. It was like and you also, together as one. Yeah, but also because he has substance, you know, he has substance where he's coming from. He's turned his life completely around in his own story. And it wasn't like a, huh, you know, just one of those fly-by-night relationships. It was like I was really interested in what was going on. And the fact that he was, if you don't mind me saying, you know, 14 years clean at that time or something like that, 13, 12 years clean, Almost whatever it was. So it'll be 12. 12 years clean. So I was really interested that here was this guy all these years, over a decade down the line, and still giving back, mentoring. We were still going to meetings. You know, he introduced me to meetings, and I was skipping like I was skipping to school you know because i had my own inner stuff going on so it was relative to me but in a different way so there was a connection that it wasn't sexual you know don't get me wrong we're connected you know but it wasn't that immediate because that's what that's what a lot of relationships are about isn't it right. it's about the sex now let me finish I, I, I totally agree that was what i i did that yeah. in my podcast show today yeah we mistake lust for love yeah uh, yeah and that's, that's a what, mistake that's what Absolutely. i thought. remember i went in thinking i just want to have a bit of fun now you know, I don't feel like I've had so much fun. I want to go in and have fun. But the creature comforts that I love, the sharing, the caring, the communication, um, it's almost that, that cliche when they say you're you not what? looking for it. Sometimes it you also get overprotective, right? I'm a very protective person, right? <laughs> she goes, <laughs> no, it's, you know, I see some stuff going on and I go, do you know what? You shouldn't be doing this. Mm. Or this person shouldn't be doing this to you. Mm. And, and then, but how do you take that on board, Tash? When he does get protective, it's awful. That's good with it. Are you fall? You fall into line with it? Is that how you? Absolutely not. And that's so what, what she needs to do. Right? What she wants to. But the fact is, it doesn't stop me being protected. Right. And this is what I mean. We work on each other's goods and bads because don't get me wrong. I I get and I respect that that's the way he's feeling. But I still will not fit into a box because that was another thing. And that's not wanna, the intention. I don't want to be birdcaged. But that's not the intention. The intention right. is to look out for your best interests. And the understanding is in the middle that, you know what, you've got your isms and schisms and I've got my isms and schisms. I've got none. And we can... <laughs> <laughs> you keep I, saying this. Right? I love you um, and i know that i'm only doing half an hour segments it's amazing how half an hour it's nine minutes before it's you know seven o'clock and yeah, i do you know what i mean what would you between for both of you sum it up for the pair of you what love means to both of you and we're out what does it mean a large bank account <laughs> 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 page three, page not page sixty-three. <laughs> I knew JD would do that. This is another thing is we haven't had one day that passed that we don't laugh and giggle and belly laugh. That you've just said it. You've just summed it up. Yeah, yeah. That's the day that there isn't laughter. You have fun. There's different people. There's different people with ways of life, and this is why the next ten days. There'll be different stories. There might not be any. I might have it's to just come up with different rationale to what we do, right? But the reality is that for longevity, bit of honesty, right? Mm. You know, you have to understand the the other the other side of the fence. Um, 
as I said, I don't think we've ever had a crossword. We've certainly never argued more than five minutes. Right. You know, and the fact is that if that's the case, you know, I have to go see Boo Boo. I love child. And Boo Boo, 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 Boo. <laughs> Bring Boo Boo right. back and say bye bye. <laughs> I, think that's I think for me, I know this sounds just awful, but love is everything. I'm a big advocate for love. You know, I'm always like, if it's worth salvaging without um, sabotaging yourself, go for it. You know. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And this is, there is so many different forms of love. And thank you for your honesty. Thank you for coming on and sharing. Um, and let's hope that we can bring some joy to people who have lost love, mm -hmm. found love, mm -hmm. need to bring back love, yeah. don't understand love, mm -hmm. and what can they do? And people that are struggling, Val. There's, there. There's people out there that are struggling, right? Mm. Yes, um, they are. And... You know, the one word of advice that I was give: never give up. Thank you. Thank right. you. And that's why I'm doing the show, because I, I am guilty of someone who gave up on the whole thing of love. Right. And, you know, the message today, as I said, is if you start to love yourself, mm -hmm. who you meet, that will transcend. It would, be, it would be double fold and so where i you know we've forgotten how to love forgotten how to breathe forgotten how to be in a relationship it's to look around and think well what do i want what can i bring to the table and you see once you bring that to the table no matter who you meet they already know who you are mm -hmm. and you know what i'm going to finish on this one to thyself be true yeah there you go and oh, there you go. I don't need to say anything more to yourself. Be true. And on that note, the love session is over for today. And everyone can join me back tomorrow, 6.30. Because we've got a double bubble. We've got a 6.30 show. And I want to also, Tash, do you mind just mentioning your show? Um, you've got a live 24 oh, marathon on Saturday. Starts Friday night, actually, doesn't it? Yeah, Friday, one minute. Give a plug for that. Yeah, so obviously I'm the founder of Black Wall Street London and we have a 24-hour extravaganza whereby I'm going to showcase all of the amazing black-owned businesses and organisations that are under our umbrella, so to speak, in collaboration and in honour of Black Pound Day. So it's all about shining a light on our excellence. That's it. Tune in Friday night midnight till Saturday night midnight. Yes, yeah, 24-hour marathon. And um, I think there's a few of us jumping in. I'll be coming in to talk about love. I don't care. I'm bringing some love to your platform. It's all about love. Okay. I'm going to love you, leave you to everybody out there. If you want to continue, if you want to join in, if you want to ask questions, please do 6.30 every day for the next 10 days. I don't know if I can keep up this because I don't know how much more I can talk about love. But... <laughs> All you got to do is go to standinginmytruth.co.uk. All of them are on there. You can check out this. You can watch this all over again. Love you guys. Tasha and JD, please big it up for the guys. One love, guys. One love. love. Sorry? Unconditional. One love. Unconditional love to everybody out there, no matter who you are, what colour, creed. Mm -hmm. And if you are suffering, mm -hmm. we, we are sending you love. If you've no, lost no, love, no, no, we are sending you love. If you sorry, do not suffer alone. That's right. I'm just what I'm trying to say is if there's anyone who have lost a loved one, especially through COVID, we are sending you love. 
Yeah. If you are hurting and you're broken up in your relationship, we are hoping that you work it out and you find a way to come back together or peacefully know that if you've gone apart, you can still find a way to have middle ground and be friends. Mm -hmm. This is what this is all about, finding a new way to cope. God bless you. And good night. See you, Val. Bye. Bye. <laughs> good night, folks. See you tomorrow, 6.30. Coming up after this show is, oh dear, my, my computer's telling me rubbish. But coming up after this show, we have Lawrence M. White to tell you all about his wonderful career as an artist. Have a great day. I should say have a great evening. So no matter where you are in the world, take care. Bye-bye.